What's up, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and I am pumped to bring you another compilation episode geared towards weight loss. And all these episodes are from about three years ago, but they intertwine so, so well that they almost tell a story of the stuff that people don't think about when it comes to fitness and health. So throughout this episode, you're going to have those kind of awkward cuts where I have to like, you know, transition to the next episode. So bear with me. But the information is so, so like important and vital for you to listen. So what we're going to talk about today in this episode is the power of consistency. We're going to talk about when does it get bad enough in order for you to make a change. We're going to talk about how your environment matters when it comes to fitness and health success, the real cost of getting lean. And this is something people don't ever think about. They're always so obsessed with what's happening right there and then, and why am I not losing that five pounds that I've been trying to do for the last in six years. And then we're also going to talk about how nutrition needs to be an individual approach, which ties in so well into why habit-based nutrition, which is the last episode uh, that I've compiled in this one, is vital to your success. So I'm really, really excited to put all, how many is this? One, two, three, four, five, six episodes into one I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this, so let's get right into it. Here we go. Episodes 153, 175, 179, 181, 183, and 185. Here we go. This episode, we are going to talk about some serious shit that's been on my mind lately, and it's kind of been, you know burning up inside me for a while because I've been seeing it with some people that I know, some people that I've trained, and the question is, when does it get bad enough? You know, I think a lot of times with the general population, when it comes to fitness and health, they jump into it almost too late. You know, they get to a point where a disease takes over their life, uh, arthritis takes over their life, some sort of major injury that there's no like return to a normal life and they're just forced into a situation where they need to move better, feel better, eat better. And sometimes people put themselves in these positions, you know, by their own intentions, by their own actions, you know, it's not like you know, diabetes runs in your family and you go to your regular checkup and you've been fairly active, fairly, you know, eating healthy and you were diagnosed with it and you're like, oh shit, now I got to deal with it. A lot of times people put themselves in these positions and, you know, it kind of breaks my heart because it's like, it's something that you could have prevented. And, you know, one of the examples I always give, but, and I know it's not the same. So some, some of you might just be like, ah, fuck it, you don't know what you're talking about. But, you know, every morning we wake up to brush our teeth, but we're not super pumped to do it. But we know we have to because if we don't, we get cavities and we have to go to the dentist and that's always an unpleasant visit. And, you know, 
I'm not talking about fitness and health has to be this grueling thing where you're constantly pushing yourself into the gym, eating out of Tupperware containers and hating yourself. It's the bare minimum for life, for health. Because in this day and age, this world we live in, it's not designed for our bodies. We sit all the fucking time. Everything is fast. Everything is easy to get. So then when it comes to something like fitness and health, where you actually put effort into it, we get so turned off by it, put off, or like, no, this is stupid. And, you know, I've seen so many situations where just moving, like I've said this a bunch of times on my show, that I've seen so much success with people that have been with me for a long time doing one time a week. Like, here, here's a good example. I started training this woman probably now six months ago, and she came in with horrible low back pain, SI joint instability, and she was in a car accident, and literally everything that she did with her job at home caused her pain to a point where she couldn't function. And I told her, you know, we're going to start really slow, one day a week. If you give me one day a week for at least three months, you will see some improvement. And this happened maybe a month ago where I got her deadlifting with a kettlebell that was 35 pounds. She did eight perfect reps. She was so freaking happy that she was able to do that with no pain. She could feel it in her hamstrings and glutes. And she almost cried. Like she was so happy not to feel the pain that she would always feel on that one side of her low back where her SI joint tends to flare up. She's like, honestly, I can't thank you enough for making me feel this way. Like that's some powerful shit. Like just to be pain free. Like that's crazy. And all she was doing was showing up one day a week consistently. You know, and another thing that she told me was like she went on this long trip that she was really, really excited about, but at the same time really worried about because she was had to go on a plane, sit for I think, 13 hours, and she's like, I honestly don't know if I'll be able to do it without being in pain. And when she came back from her trip, she's like, I have to thank you for everything you've done for me because I had no pain whatsoever on this trip. She's like, if I wasn't seeing you and I went on this trip, it would have been the worst experience of my life. Like, that's the power of exercise. For someone who is in so much pain, just dedicated one hour a week to feel better. You know, and then I've seen and heard stories from other people where, you know, they grow up, their parents grow up, and they have heart issues. They have to go get bypass surgeries. And all they could have done to prevent it was just move and eat a little bit better, you know? And the worst feeling in the world is training someone and educating them on how important it is just to eat a little bit better and kind of prioritize exercise because, you know, I know the effects of what could happen. And this individual that was, you know, close to my heart, he actually passed away with a heart attack. Because when I told him, hey, you know, it'd probably be a good idea for you not to go out and eat at McDonald's every day for lunch. Like, there's so many other options you can do that's out there that will be fast, because I know you're busy, that won't, you know, destroy what's going on on the inside. But he didn't listen to me. And then the next thing I know, I'm at this guy's funeral, 
And when I'm introducing myself to everybody as his trainer, they kind of look at me like, oh, you could have prevented this. You know, that's, it's a really tough thing to experience. And my whole thing is like, I would love for everyone, like everyone in this world that's dealing with, you know, a struggle of trying to get fit or healthy to stop thinking about how much weight they're going to lose or how much better they need to look. It's just for your own health. Like, where do you want to see yourself when you're like 60 and 70 and 80? Like, do you need to have like assistance being a wheelchair or do you want to be mobile enough to run after your grandkids, run after your kids? Like, not feeling dependent on everybody else to take care of you because then that's not fair to them like think about if you stop caring about yourself and then when you hit 60 70 80 you're completely useless and your entire family around you have to now take care of you like wouldn't you feel like that's a huge burden on them and again like i've never been in that situation i've only seen it like this is just me looking on the outside But I feel that, you know, what everyone can do is at least commit an hour to themselves per week to have a happy and healthy life. Because when we don't, like, because when we don't do the minimum, when we get older, we're going to have to make time to go to the doctor to get our prescriptions, to go get checkups with specialists and things like that. And that's not going to be fun. And then you get to a point of like no return. And a lot of times when I see people coming to the gym for the first time, some of them are kind of at that point where it's like if they don't do this, it can get a lot worse real fast. And I just don't want anyone to experience that. So like take it upon yourself as early as possible to make health a priority. You know, we are living in an age where things are moving so fast. Like, technology is blowing my mind nowadays, and I can't imagine how the world will look like in 10 years, just 10 years. Back in the day when it was the 70s, people thought it was crazy to have doors sliding open at supermarkets. Like, that's the future for them. And now we're living in the world that 10 years from now, the entire, like, face of the earth could be completely different, and I would love to be around to see that. So that got really, really deep real fast. Hopefully it kind of triggered something in your head. You know, maybe if you were a coach with some clients, maybe having conversations about how important it is just to commit one day a week to themselves. Like I never, ever push people to do more than one day a week. Like I tell people I'm always the worst salesman in the world that I'd rather have someone come in one day a week than do five days a week with me, knowing that most likely after a month they would stop because it was too much. Like, I want realistic goals for people because everyone's super busy. They have families, they have lives, they have businesses to run. And one day a week can change the course of your life into something you would never imagine. You don't know the power of exercise when it comes to physical health and most importantly, mental health. Like, imagine how much more you can accomplish in your life if your head's clear, if you're making good decisions, and you're not fatigued all the time, not sleepy. Like, exercise is so powerful, and I believe it to the bottom of my heart that it can change a lot of people's perspectives on life and just 
overall you will become a better human being and you will enjoy things even more than you do right now. So I'm going to leave it at that. We got deep. We got some serious shit going on here. Exercise. It's the fountain of youth and the fountain of life, really. So um, so today, what we're going to go over is a topic I think not a lot of people talk about and consider when it comes to fitness and health. And this is going to be a great kind of insight for both coaches and that fitness enthusiast that's looking to improve their health. And it's the environment that you live in. So think about really quickly, like where you're sitting right now, what you're doing and what's around you. And it's not just your physical environment. It's also like your emotional environment, your personal environment, your spiritual environment. It all comes into play. A lot of times when people try to get healthy or lose weight, gain muscle mass, whatever it is, they tend to forget this thing. You know, if you have a stressful environment where every day you're going to a high-stress job, you have a handful of kids you have to look after, you have to do X, Y, and Z every single day, and on top of that, you're like, okay, I'm going to get shredded for the summer. Most likely it's not going to happen because your environment is so heavily influenced with all these different stressors. And, you know, yeah, stress can affect... A lot of things I've seen it happen where you know clients are eating super clean they're exercising three to five days a week but their stress is off the hook and they can't seem to lose weight but the thing that I really want to touch on is the people surrounding you in your environment that plays a huge role if you're hanging around people that tend to drag you down and you don't even know it this is where I always bring up self-awareness. It's so important. So think about, you know, your inner circle. I think I actually did a whole episode about this uh, called, like, Audit Your Inner Circle. The people that you hang out most with is going to be the sum of who you are. So if you're constantly hanging out with losers that all they do is complain about their life, about the world, about politics, you know, that's not going to get you anywhere. That's going to influence how you perceive yourself and how you perceive the world. So if you're constantly in a negative environment, most likely you're not getting anywhere. I have to tell you honestly that, you know, a year ago, it's almost been a year since I left my old business and I was with business partners that just didn't have the same vision that I did. And their kind of perception on how things should work put me in an environment where I literally could not grow. I was stuck and I went into depression, honestly. Like, it was the worst feeling ever. I felt trapped. And the weird thing is, like, I didn't think it was that bad until I got out. And started thinking back to that experience. And even my wife was like, oh, my God, you are so much more happy than you were a year ago. And now I'm in a place where I can actually thrive and grow. And I ha- like I enjoy going to work. I enjoy seeing the same people every day. I actually like talking to them. It's, it's a game changer. So imagine if you just got rid of like one person 
in your life that you know that's dragging you down. Like, it's that person that you have to go see every day. You know that you're not going to enjoy the conversation. You don't want to bring up anything you did over the weekend because they're just going to shoot it down. Or if you had a good idea, they're just going to make fun of it and you just feel small. That will go so far for you to succeed, not only in fitness and health, but anything in life. Like, it's... I don't think people even think about this. So... I literally want you to write down all the negative things in your life that are probably blocking you from being successful. And some can be like as simple as stop following people on social media and all they do is take shirtless selfies of their bodies and you're like, fuck, I wish I could look like that. And every time you see it, you, it reminds you of how you're not there yet. So really think carefully and you know like it can even go down into family you know your family has a huge influence on you and it can get to a point where every time you see them it's just like a kick in the crotch and then you're like why am i even taking this and you have to just take it because it's your family i'm not saying that you abandoned them but but maybe you're not spending as much time with them because you know, sometimes you have to be selfish in your life to take care of yourself. And I know it sounds bad when you say it out loud like that, but ask yourself, like, when was the last time you put yourself first before everybody else? You know, as human beings, we want to care for each other and we want to help each other when you see someone else in pain. But we tend to forget, you know, who's number one in our lives. It's us, like you. You're number one in your own life. But a lot of people forget about that. They fall off the wagon, and then they get to a point and they realize, like, holy shit, what have I been doing? You know, put yourself first. Audit your inner circle. Audit your environment. Like, even your house. Like, is the stuff in your house causing you not to be successful? Like, are you coming home and just watching three hours of Netflix, and then you're, like, complaining, oh, nothing's changing, when in those three hours you could have gone to the gym, you could have gone meal prep you could have gone x y and z went on a walk with your spouse went on a walk with your dog got a little bit more extra like there's so many things that influence us it's not just a matter of all right i'm gonna be all healthy now it's gonna be my priority it's our environment this is the stuff that people don't talk about our environment molds who we are if you wake up in the same box with no windows every single day and you know have nothing to you know nothing to look forward to you're going to go into depression you're going to go into negative thoughts so surround yourself with people that want to bring you up and not drag you down they want to see you succeed change what you have around you you know changing your social media like writing positive notes everywhere you go when you get ready in the morning like stupid stuff like that goes a long way start thinking about this and you will see huge changes in your life all right so let's get this thing going before i start talking about something random cost of getting lean um a lot of times when I train clients for the first time, they're brand new to fitness and health, 
you know, the typical scenario is they were athletes back in high school and college. They get out of school. They decide to become adults and get a job. They start working that job like crazy. They meet someone special. They get married. They have a few kids. And boom, now you're in your mid-40s. You put on about 40 pounds, and you're like, holy shit, what have I done with my life? Now you're thinking, okay, I need to start exercising. I need to start eating better, and I'm going to get back to where I was in high school and college with that exact same body. But this is a whole another environment playing field that this individual has not experienced yet and doesn't really understand what it takes to actually get to their goal in my head when i see someone brand new i want them moving better feeling better having more energy and losing a few pounds but on the client side they're thinking I'm going to have a shredded six-pack. I'm going to be able to do 10 to 20 pull-ups in the gym, and I'm going to be running around like a fucking racehorse. But we all know that usually doesn't happen because losing weight and keeping it off and being super fit is the constant struggle and battle of every single person in the fitness and health realm. I remember back, this is probably five or six years ago, where I I probably read one of the most eye-opening blog posts, and it was a combination of 20-ish professional um, fitness models, both male and female, and they described their experience and what it took for them to always look magazine-ready because it was their livelihood. And you'd be surprised how much they have to give up in order to look like that. So when you're scrolling through Instagram and Facebook and you're seeing all the fitness inspiration out there with guys shirtless, oiled up, photoshopped to make every single curve and cut of their body just stand out in that photo, and then you have subconsciously this like idea that you, the average Joe, is going to look like that. You know, um, actually, I'm really happy I just brought this up and thought of it. If you follow The Rock on Instagram or Facebook, he posted recently um, him shirtless in the gym, and he was writing about how many people actually help him look that way. Now, if you remember when um, he was just in the WWE, like he was, you know, built, he was bigger, but he was never really, really cut and like gigantic like he is right now. You know, yes and no, maybe he was on some sort of substance, whatever, but you can see his work ethic if you follow him on Instagram. Like he is up at 4 a.m. every day, training two hours every single day, but he was mentioning in his post that. You know, he has people that feed him, people that watch over his programming, people that make sure that he looks like The Rock all year round in order for him to do movies. Like, that's a freaking job in itself. That's his full-time job is to look like that, and that's what it takes. So going back to um, this article I was reading, you know, 
the Cliff Notes version of it is that every single one of these people, they basically have three to six weeks before they have to be photo shoot ready. Meaning that all year round, they have to be in really good shape and all they have to do is go through a little cutting phase to really make their body pop and stand out during the photo shoot. So a lot of them are not allowed to go out with their friends. They can't go to family functions. They can't go out for a beer. They can't do anything. They have to look the way they look in order to make a living. That's what it takes. I don't think a lot of people understand what their goal should look like. You know, the ability to get to like single digit body fat percentage for men is a lot harder than you think. You know, in order to have shredded six pack abs, there's not going to be, you know, a diet that you find online that's going to take you there. There's not going to be a magical workout program that will take you there. It's a lot of freaking hard work for a long period of time with a lifestyle that you probably can't handle if you're an everyday person. Now, people in the fitness industry, maybe on the other hand, could get away with it because that they live and breathe it. But even then, that kind of holds some sort of, you know, thing over your head because, you know, Christmas is coming and my clients love to bring me chocolates, cookies, and I'm not going to say no. I'm going to devour those things almost right in front of them because it would be rude to be like, oh, no, I can't. I'm cutting right now. And, you know, I'm married to an individual that's not in the fitness industry and I can't, you know, be that person where I'm going to say no to everything because she'll probably fucking kill me, right? So there's there's a push and pull. And when you start leveraging what you want compared to what others want, because I don't know, I look at it as am I being selfish or am I, you know, going to put others into an awkward situation or make them feel uncomfortable or make them feel like shit for not being the same way as I am. Now, there's times in the year where I will go through a strict diet and just to experiment to see what's going on, but it's not going to be my entire life. So for the people listening, like you're bombarded with so much marketing material out there that you should look a certain way that the bikini body looks like this, that the superhero body looks like this, and it's attainable with this diet and this workout program that you can do in eight weeks. It's not true. It's not going to happen. You would have to go through a lot of hard freaking work in order to look like that. A typical scenario, um, I have one client in particular that like his inspiration is to look like the rock and I'm like freaking awesome. He also runs a multi-million dollar dollar business and he's always been frustrated that he can't get his fitness and health as a priority. And I told him straight up, I'm like the amount of effort you put into your business to grow it every single year and live the lifestyle that you do because it's successful is the same amount of effort you got to put into your body to look that way. And when I told that to him, he's like, holy shit. 
I'm like, yeah, it's that difficult. Like people need to start thinking that if maybe that is your goal, maybe you want to look like a superhero or freaking Wonder Woman in the freaking movies, sure, but you're going to have to sacrifice a lot. Like if you have a couple kids and a spouse, think about what you're going to have to do to change in your life in order to look that way. When you start weighing all the pros and cons, a lot of times you're just like, you know what, maybe that's not what I actually want. Maybe what I want is to lose 10 to 20 pounds, feel better by putting on the jeans that I've never worn since college, and now I have more energy, and I'm pushing myself in the gym and I feel pretty good. Maybe that's a more realistic approach than always aiming for this huge, huge, huge goal of yours in your head that would take so much sacrifice to do. And even there, there's like a double-edged sword to it. Like I would, this is, I bring this up on my show all the time is like the people who go for fitness competitions, that's the kind of body they're going for. Look at how much you would have to sacrifice the diet, the like cutting out carbs, cutting down your calories, going to the gym like almost twice a day sometimes in order just to look like that on stage for a couple hours and then you go into this horrible binge cycle of eating all the foods that you couldn't like there's I I just look at it there's so much to lose in order just to look a certain way for your own vanity I think there should be like a middle ground you know sure if you want to look like that there better be a really good excuse like you got a photo shoot coming up and you got to look that way and you're going to get paid for it. Not because you just want to look that way. Some heavy stuff. You got to think about the cost of getting lean, what you're willing to give up and who you're doing it for. Are you doing it for yourself? Are you doing it because that's what social media is telling you you should do? Most of the time people just want to move and feel better lose a couple pounds and feel good when they put on a piece of clothing that doesn't disappoint. Think about it. People listening who are fitness enthusiasts, make sure you really think about what is most important to you when it comes to your health. And coaches out there, meet your clients halfway. Weight loss isn't everything. Sometimes it's just being able to wake up with energy it doesn't have to be this huge drop in weight that is it for me so to begin i want to talk about something that a lot of my clients go through when they get started with their fitness and health journey and it's going too fast in the very beginning and this happens to everybody and i try to try to tackle this thing right off the bat because I've seen it happen over and over again where people have all this motivation, all this like passion to get their health in order and out of nowhere they crash and burn. So an example of this is, you know, I've actually, you know what, I will tell you a story of one client that signed up with me. I remember his consultation. 
He was super pumped to start training and start getting his eating in order. And just straight up, like, halfway through my consultation, like, he just told me straight up, I want to train with you five days a week. And I was like, oh, sweet. But in my head, I'm like, okay, well, sure, he's going to pay a lot of money for that. But is that in the best interest of this person? So I asked him, okay, well, when was the last time you trained five days a week? And he's like, oh, I've never done that before. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe we start with one day a week and make that, you know, a habit. Make that like a weekly thing that's part of your life and then start adding more. And he was almost like confused and he was just like, well, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, you know, five days a week is great and you can build up to it. But, you know, it's just like anything else. Like if you wanted to, I don't know, start race car driving if you started going five days a week from the very beginning, you're probably going to be way too sore. You're going to be tired of sitting in that posture all the time, and you're just not going to feel that great, and your motivation is going to you know, sink pretty fast. Whereas if you went once a week to the racetrack and to a sports car, it'll be like exciting. You'll look forward to it, and yeah, you'll get a little sore, but you'll recover, and then you're going to want to go back. And I think that's the important thing about fitness and health is you want to do it. It's not a chore, or at least it's something that, you know, you kind of look forward to. But this also comes down to the coaching side that, you know, if training and working out is not a fun thing for you, your coach should kind of bridge that gap where you're like, okay, yeah, I don't really like to exercise, but, you know, because my coach is there, I'm going to go. And actually, that brings me to another story. I have a client right now where every summer, it's really difficult for her to stay consistent. And I've been training her for four years, and summer has always been the worst time because she has a place out of the city about four hours away, and it's kind of like her vacation spot with her husband. And, you know, when you change your environment, like... All bets are off. You know, she's drinking every day. Um, She'll eat whatever she wants. And then when she comes back into town, the idea of going back to the gym and going back to a routine is like, oh, my God, I don't want to go. And, um, you know, what I've noticed is over the years, like the first year when that happened, she completely took the entire summer off. Like we had her session scheduled and... um, she kept missing them, and she's like, you know what, I'm just going to restart in September. When September came around, I'm like, hey, you know, I have your spot open. Like, what's going on? She's like, oh, you know, I just have to get my stuff together. And she actually started back in November. So this was a prolonged period. Then the next year happened, and I told her, like, hey, you know what, it would be a good goal for you is to, like, just maintain one day a week because she was coming uh, two days a week with me. And, um, you know, it kind of happened. She was kind of sporadic. And then in August, she just stopped training completely. And I'm like, okay, this time, September is going to be your goal. And it actually happened. And then, like, every year, it's been getting a little bit better. And then this year um, has probably been the best, where she's actually been coming during the summer. And, you know, she missed one week. And then when she came back, we started chatting. And she's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, this always happens. And I'm like, you know what? You got to look at 
the last couple of years. You know, when we first started together, you just completely took off summer completely. Whereas now you're actually showing up. Yeah, it's kind of hard to get into the gym, but you're you're coming in. That's a huge, huge change. And I think a lot of people don't look at the small details when they feel like they're failing. And, you know, if it's not perfect to them, they're just like, oh, my God, I'm a failure. Like, there's this is, there's no point. And, you know, I told her, like, our communication is wide open. Like, at any time you feel like, oh, I don't want to go, email me. And that's what she's been doing. So she would actually email me on the days where she has the gym. And she'll be like, oh, my God, Raph, I don't want to go. Like, this is – I just want to stay home. I just want to do nothing. And then I'll email her back with something funny or something motivating or whatever, and she'll show up. And then when she gets to the gym, she always tells me, she's like, the hardest part is just starting. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? The moment you get past the warm-up, you're good to go. And for me, when I train clients, I'm really engaging in conversation during the hour. So it doesn't really feel like it's a workout session, if that makes sense. Like, I really trying to hone in on making it an experience that you enjoy rather than blaring music and just working out because for the general population most of them don't really want to be there so I try to make the experiences you know fun as as possible at the same time giving good coaching and after every session she's always like you know what I'm glad I came and I'm like yeah of course like it's just starting but you know if you have a good environment that I try to create in the gym then you're always going to be successful. So going off of that, going back to my original point of starting too soon, um, you want to start off slow. You could have as much motivation and passion and excitement to do something every single day and have all the right intentions, but eventually you're going to hit a wall where you're like, holy shit, I took on too much because it's, it's going to overtake your life for a little bit and then out of nowhere, boom. And I've seen it with so many different clients where, you know, they can be really successful for it with, you know, say for four months, five months, and then something's going to give, right? I think you need to evaluate your life if you can actually, you know, put away five hours a week to work out, to meal prep, to whatever. You need to start off slow, like with anything. And it kind of blows my mind when people like clients in general, don't evaluate what's going on in their life and then they take on something, right? I have another um, client that I'm thinking of right now where, you know, their life is so freaking busy to a point where this client has told me so many times, like, oh my God, I really want to work out more and I know it's good for me and I know my results will come faster if I add like one more day, but it's just like I can't find the time. And we literally like sat down and audited their time and it's like, yeah, shit, like you have to manage a lot of things in order to be able to even come here today. And then, you know, a couple months go by and now they're wanting to get a puppy. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, yeah, sure, having a pet and everything is great. It's going to fulfill your life. But do you actually have the time to take care of a small little puppy that's basically like a child to make sure that 
it doesn't eat everything at your house. It doesn't pee on everything. It's not going to poop on everything. And then you got to go take it on to walks. And then if you're going to take that extra step, take it to obedience classes, like that's a lot of time. And something else is going to give, right? So my big thing is for clients that are super, super motivated to get their fitness and health in order is evaluate what's going on in your life to be ready for this change. If it's kind of like touch and go, then be realistic with your time. Sure, five days a week will get to your goal faster, but one day a week going to the gym for the next three years, being consistent at it is going to get you to your goal a lot faster. And I think a lot of people don't understand the power of consistency. Like it is huge. And an example is I'm working with one client right now and I've trained her in the past and she's recently come back to me because all of her injuries have caught up to her. Like she is really broken right now and from the very beginning I told her, I'm like, we're going to do the minimal amount of work to make sure that you're going to stay consistent. So I told her, one, we're going to do 30-minute sessions one day a week and a lot of it is just going to be focused on mobility and movement and we're going to slowly incorporate um, new stuff. So only recently I gave her like a strength exercise and it was an elevated kettlebell deadlift for one set of eight reps. And I followed up with her the next day and her hamstrings were toast. Like her body just can't take on that much volume without pain. So, you know, we've been training together for three months now and her low back pain's gone. And she's been consistent, super consistent, even during the summer. And when she's taken taken a week off and she had to miss her session, she rebooked it the next week. So she came in twice and we were chatting and she's like, yeah, I just can't believe how I feel now, you know, and I've been only doing small things. And I'm like, yeah, because you've been consistent at it. Small little changes add up. You don't have to go, you know, balls to the wall, change everything in your life in order to see what you want to achieve. And she's been working directly with a chiropractor that I work with. And I was talking to her chiro and she was just like, yeah, you know, the client's doing really well. Like, what have you been doing? And I started telling her what I've been doing. And she was under the impression that I was doing a full hour with her. And I'm like, no, we're doing 30 minutes. And she was kind of like, holy shit. And I'm like, yeah, that's the power of consistency. And if you have a well-designed plan, like it's bulletproof. And I don't think people understand that. Like, I guarantee you, if you are struggling with something right now and all you did was having whey protein powder and water every single day for the next year, I guarantee you'd probably lose some weight, you'd gain some muscle, and you'd feel better. Boom. Done. And the moment you, you, you know, get that first thing under um, your belt and you're successful at it, adding more stuff becomes easier. Right? It's just that first initial like motion of starting and being consistent. The worst thing you can do is taking on too much and then falling apart in the first month, two months, three months. And I've seen it happen all the time. And I have another client in mind where he wants to like literally look like the rock. He wants to be muscular. He wants to get strong. He just wants to be a badass, which is awesome. And he'll go through spurts of being consistent for three months and then disappearing for two 
being consistent for a month, dis- disappearing for one. And he's been doing that for a long time and has never seen the result he wanted. And I'm like, dude, like, just be consistent with one day. I know it doesn't seem like enough, but you will kill it if you're just consistent. So I'm going to leave it at that. If you are starting your journey and you're like, all right, I'm going to do whatever it takes, just know that based on my experience with clients that I that are everyday people, they usually fail. I haven't had one person completely change their entire body and life by doing everything. So you're better off focusing on one thing and slowly building. Like you want to crawl before you start sprinting. And don't underestimate the power of consistency. That is huge. For now, I'm going to stay put and talk to you guys about habit-based nutrition. Over and over and again, I always kind of fall back to the basics. You've heard me say this a bunch of times. And the interesting thing is I think a lot of people forget what it takes to actually be successful in nutrition. And they overthink it. They look for something that's flashy, new, or they heard their friend did some sort of diet and that worked for them. And they're like, you know what? I got to do it too. I'm going to go do this keto thing. I'm going to go do this intermittent fasting thing. I'm going to go do the Beyonce diet, buy a bunch of shit from Gwyneth Paltrow's website, Goop or whatever the hell it's called and do whatever she says. And then at the end of it, you're like, fuck it. I'm not going to do this because it's way too difficult and my life is miserable. So this is why I always go back to habit-based nutrition. Um, If you've been following me for a while, you probably already know what this is, but I firmly believe this is probably the best way to be successful. If you listen to my last um, solo episode, there was a little section in there where I started talking about, you know, realistic expectations. A lot of times when people are on the journey to lose weight, they, you know, have this idea in their mind that they're going to have a shredded six pack, a huge chest and big biceps, you know, beach body ready. And in reality, you know, to actually look like that, you would have to sacrifice a lot to a point where you are eating every single calorie that you count, every single macronutrient you are counting, you know how much food is on your plate by the gram. And you do this every single day of your life. And for most people, it's not realistic, especially if you are, you know, you got three kids, you're running a business, you are an everyday human being that does not get paid to look a certain way as a profession. Now, it doesn't mean you can't do that, but realistically, um, it's probably not going to happen. So you need to figure out what your actual goal is, because for the most part, most people just want to move and feel better and lose, you know, 10 to 20 pounds 
so then their gut doesn't hang out out of their shirt or jeans or they feel a little bit better when they put on that pair of jeans that have been kind of snug on them for the last couple of years and they finally put it on they're like fuck this is amazing that's what realistic weight loss is um, and this is where I think habit-based nutrition works so freaking well for uh, the general population and if you look at it the average person does not have time to sit down and write down every single thing they ate, every single calorie they consumed, every single macronutrient is accounted for. You know, if I said that to one of my clients that um, is just jam-packed with kid schedules, running their business, and also being a parent, they would probably tell me to fuck off, and it just wouldn't just wouldn't work out. Um, with habit-based nutrition, the reason why I really like it is I'm trying to implement a lifestyle. You know, I always tell the story anytime I get a new client um, to kind of give a realistic approach to this new person standing in front of me that's a little bit worried and nervous and frustrated about, you know, starting their journey. And I tell them, I am the worst salesman in the world. I literally had a person come up to me and say, Hey, I want to sign up with you on a you know, I want you to train me 5 days a week. And I'm like, freaking awesome. When was the last time you ever trained 5 days a week consistently? The guy goes, "Never." I'm like, "Okay, let's start with one." And he almost looked confused and he was just like, "Well, what do you mean?" I'm like, "Well, considering that you've never done something like this and you want to achieve your goal, wouldn't it be smart to start off slow and almost bulletproof your success and then down the road work up to five days a week? And he's like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, it'd be equivalent to me telling you to go run a full marathon today when you've never ran at all. That's, that's how crazy it sounds. But people, for some reason, when it comes to nutrition, it's like they should be there already, like, the hardest um, diet that they can think of or found online, that's what they should be doing. And realistically, no, it shouldn't. And this is where I present to every client that does nutrition coaching with me, habit-based nutrition. You know, I will chat with them for a while and see what's realistic for them to change. And I usually try to find the easiest stuff and start from there so then they can see success and feel good about themselves. And a lot of times it's, it starts with, you know, I had a one client a couple years back where she didn't drink any water, like literally none, just coffee. And I was like, holy shit, how are you living and talking to me right now? Um, and we started nutrition coaching and I was like, okay, well, since the water is an issue, I think it'll probably be really realistic to focus on one cup of water every single day. Can you do that? She goes, yeah, that's that's fine. And I'm like, that's all I want you to focus on. And she was almost like confused that that's the only thing I would give her. And I'm like, no, no, let's trust the process. We'll get there. We'll get to what you imagine nutrition coaching is when we develop some basic skills. Then for the next three weeks, she's drinking a glass of water every day, and 
it's becoming a habit, it's becoming easy to a point where she emails me and goes, hey, this whole water thing is really easy for me, what, what else can I do? That's what I'm looking for when it comes to nutrition coaching. When the client comes to me and says, what can I do more? That's the mindset that people need to switch. Because when I coach someone and I'm constantly asking them to do something that I know it's really difficult for them, they're gonna get to a point if they're gonna resent it. I like to have clients where I kind of just guide them to the right answer. You know, ask the right questions, but not directly, and then they'll start the conversation and have this realization in their head that, hey, I can do this. Hey, what else can I add to layer on top? And I've said this layering method before on my show, and that's how habit-based nutrition should work. So, you know, flat, fast, ah, fast forward a couple, you know, months down the road with the same client, and she's easily consuming two liters of water. She's eating vegetables at every single meal. And now we're working on getting her sleeping um, on a regular basis with uh, at least seven to eight hours a night. And again, we're just focusing on one thing. Like think about all the stuff that runs in your head every single day. And now I'm gonna add just one more thing to focus on that's really simple to do and all you have to do is check mark it off and now it's going to be embedded in your head as a habit like it eating proper nutrition should be as easy as waking up and brushing your teeth every day you don't think about it it just happens nutrition can do be the same thing but a lot of people don't look at it that way they're thinking of i need to track calories i need to track macros i need to freaking drink water out of a four gallon milk carton. No, that's not what it is. It takes a lot longer to develop good habits and have them stick. Just like going to the gym for the first time ever. This is why I tell people to start with one that's more realistic. And then they go, you know what? I feel like I can do more. I can go back to the gym for another day. I want to go for a walk with my kids. I want to do a hike. I want to go cycling. I want to it just it is almost snowball effects to your success and i honestly think a lot of times people just don't have the patience i think that is the key to anything in life when it's worth it like if you want like think about it if you wanted something really special like really really special that a lot of people don't have wouldn't it make sense that it would take a lot of time, hard work, and effort? But for some reason, it, it's so weird. Fitness and health, losing weight, people always assume it should be easy. It's not. It's not at all. We all know that becoming a millionaire is fucking hard work. We all know that if we, I don't know, want to become a doctor, that's a lot of fucking hard work. But when it comes to losing 10 pounds, it's like, meh, I should be able to do that in a weekend. I, I should be able to do that in a week if I go to the gym every single day. No, it's not. There's a lot of shitty, well, good shitty marketing out there that makes you believe that if you just follow this 
whatever cleanse or detox. It's going to get you where you want. It's going to get you within six weeks a body that you've never had in your life. But think about the last probably two to three decades for most people have been followed by so many bad habits of eating, drinking, sleep hygiene, stress management, and you're telling me that in six weeks you can undo all of that. So my analogy earlier about becoming a millionaire is really fucking hard. Is the same as you go through school, you're in debt, maybe who knows, you got into a giant car accident, you couldn't pay off the bills, now you have more debt, you're being sued at the same time, and you're literally in a financial hole. And then some shark comes by, loan shark, and says, you know what, I will give you the money to get out of this hole that you're in, and within six weeks, you'll be clear, no debt whatsoever. You'd be like, yeah, okay, that's not going to happen. I know that getting money is not that easy. So why do people think that being able to lose 10 pounds and keep it off is going to be so simple? This is the stuff that you need to think about. So when I meet somebody new right away off the bat, I tell them, like, whatever you want to achieve in weight loss, fat loss, muscle gain, whatever triple how long you think it's going to take because six weeks eight weeks is not going to cut it you can develop some good habits at that point but it doesn't make a difference until you practice what you're doing for at least a year you know yeah a year seems like a long time but in reality it's not like a year is going to go by so quickly and all you have to do it's practice, 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 practice what you're doing to improve your health. And it's all about baby steps. People just go zero to 100 really quickly or they give that all or nothing type of mentality. And that's why people always fail at this. And sometimes the timing might not be right. You might be in the middle of something. You might be, who knows, what you decided to start a new job and you really enjoy it and you're putting in 16 hour days every single day because you really want to put 100% effort into it but now your health is going to take a back seat so there's a lot more to it than you really think and if you have a life like everybody else in this world in North America where everything's on the go everything has to be quick and you're realizing that your health is starting to fall apart, habit-based nutrition is the way to go. It's one of the surefire ways that I've seen over the years coaching clients that you'll see success. So I'm gonna end it there. Um, so yeah, to get started, I was chatting with this individual about what's the best diet to follow and it's a very loaded question, and it's such an individual um, approach. And there is no right or wrong way to nutrition unless you're eating like Twinkies every single day. Um, and I think a lot of times people just jump back and forth onto a different approach, a different diet, because they didn't really 
put their full 100% effort in what they follow. And if you look at, like, I don't know, the five top follow diets right now, and, you know, the ones that come to mind is, like, keto, intermittent fasting, um, paleo, paleo, veganism, like, all of those things work. Like, every single diet out there works. But it really depends on the individual with their experience with fitness and health, if they can actually follow through and live it for the rest of their life. So anytime I get a new client, I always ask them, you know, what their experience is in the past, if they've done yo-yo dieting before, or if they're bright brand new with it and they don't even know the difference between what protein, carbs, and fat are. Like it really, really depends. You know, if a, if someone's a type A personality, they're really rigid, they like structure, they like the stats, then yeah, I'm going to suggest that they try something like intermittent fasting or keto or whatever diets out there where there's a lot of structure. But for someone that's an average person, you know, mom of three, just doing their day-to-day stuff, like following a rigid diet is probably not going to work out. And a lot of time when you put restrictions on yourself on food, you're going to resent it and want to do the opposite of what you should be doing. So it really, really depends. Like I say this all the time. No matter what question I get about fitness and health, I always say it depends. So when it comes to choosing the right diet for you, like ask yourself this question, can you do it for the rest of your life? Right? For for me personally, I love intermittent fasting, but it works for my lifestyle. You know, I'm up early all the time and I'm hammering, you know, work stuff the moment I get my eyes open. You know, I'm on my laptop right away and all I have time for really is to make, you know, a quad shot Americano and down two of those bad boys as I'm typing away on my laptop in the morning. Whereas someone who has more time in the morning that would enjoy sitting down, having breakfast and chatting with their spouse or, you know, watching TV for the news, intermittent fasting might not work. You know, like the idea of telling someone who enjoys eating breakfast to follow intermittent fasting because that's what's going to make them lose weight, they're probably not going to follow that. You know, if you look at every single diet out there, the reason why it works is that they eliminate one thing. You know, whether it's carbs, whether it's intermittent fasting where they close down the window of eating, or if it's going vegan and you're eating more plant-based foods, they all take away one thing, which equals to a calorie deficit. That's what works, is a calorie deficit and when you follow a calorie deficit long enough, you start seeing weight to uh, weight fall off. That's how this shit works. But like, like my comment earlier about the whole Twinkie thing every day. Like, if you, I can't remember how long ago this was, but a guy did his experiment on himself where he ate Twinkies every single day, but kept to a calorie deficit, and he lost weight. His health markers weren't that great, but he proved his point that you can lose weight as long as the calories are restricted from what your day-to-day is. So whatever 
approach of diet that you find online, hear about, you always have to ask the question, can I do this for the rest of my life? Is this going to give me pleasure when I sit down and eat with friends and family or is it going to be a restrictive type of way? And a lot of times when people think of nutrition, they automatically assume that they have to start eating like a figure competitor or bodybuilder in order to look the way they want to. But realistically, if they start eating, you know, vegetables and lean protein and good sources of fat uh, on a daily basis for a really long time without binge eating and binge drinking and not getting enough sleep and not working out, like you would see huge changes in body composition. So when you're deciding on, you know, you want to look and feel better and really take control of your health and you're trying to figure out what diet you're going to go down, there is no best one. There is no, you know, secret diet that's going to unlock all of your issues. You know, the reason why people have difficulty following a diet is that they're probably in a point in their life where they spent two decades in bad habits with no exercise, eating like shit, sleeping like shit, and now they're going to follow something really structured and rigid, thinking that, you know, in eight weeks, it's going to undo all of those bad habits for two decades, which is really unrealistic. So when you're trying to figure out what diet is going to work best for you, there's no real answer for you. You just have to find what works for you. And maybe you do a hybrid of a little bit of intermittent fasting with keto. Like the the answer is endless. Like you can do whatever works for you. If you want to eat plant-based one day and the next day do keto and then the next day go into a 24-hour fast, why not? As long as you're fueling your body properly in order to perform in workouts and you know, have good sleep and feel good and have all this autonomy over your own life, it's amazing. You know, don't let the diet you choose control your life. Unless you are competing at a really high level for something, that's when it should take over your life because that stuff matters. But if you're an everyday person just trying to lose some weight, feel better, move better, have enough energy to keep up with your kids and keep up with your day, you don't have to make it so complicated. For some reason, people always think complicated equals better results. But a lot of times, it's just following the basics and doing it really, really well for a long period of time. Like, that's what I always harp on. Like, and this is why, you know, nutrition is so individual too. Like, my brain is just racing right now. But if you go in different parts of the world, their genetic makeup is so different on how they uptake nutrients compared to other parts of the world. If you go into Asia, look how much rice they eat and carbohydrates. It's a higher uh, diet of carbs and fat compared to, you know, if you go to North America, people eating carbs and fat, they overdo it so much and their bodies react to it a little bit differently, right? And if you go somewhere in Europe, their diet is completely different and somehow they're not exploding in weight gain from eating a diet high in fat. Like 
depending on where your genetic makeup comes from, also determines on how you uptake nutrients. And also your history with food determines how you're going to feel and uptake those nutrients today. So like really your past is going to be your present and future depending on what you choose with nutrition. If you've had a history of bad relationships with food, right now at this point of your life when you decide to change something and find something rigid, it might not be the best approach because it might spiral you back to what you've done before. So nutrition 100% is an individual approach. Whatever worked for your friends or family or someone you saw on Instagram will probably not work for you. It's a journey. You need to find what works best for you and sustainable. And if you have really lofty goals, that's when you need to go into a more restrictive, calculated approach. So I'm going to end it there. Hopefully that made some sense, made some clarity for your life. And I'm going to leave it there. All right, so that's going to wrap up this jam-packed episode. So hopefully you uh, got something out of it and you have some tangible things and goals you can get started as of right now. So I'm going to end it there. As I said in all these episodes, and sorry for having that terrible, terrible habit, but thank you so much for listening. Hit the show notes, add me on Facebook, add me on Instagram, send a message, say hello, I'll say hi back. Um, quick update, my book is almost done. I'm just trying to figure out how to freaking print it um, so people can have a hard copy. If not that, it's going to be released in the new year. So also hit the show notes and put your name on the pre-sale list so you get a notification first before the public to get a copy of the Ironclad Body Training System Volume 2. That's it from you guys. Until next time.